0: Hello and welcome to Farscape Friday, episode 57. I'm Kay, here with my co-host, Taz. Hello. Today we'll be discussing the 13th episode of season three, Scratch and Sniff. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of Scratch and Sniff. After being banished by pilot because of Dargo and John's constant bickering, the crew spends several days on a pleasure planet where they get drugged, milked for hormones, and forced into a gang war. This episode is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: only is this episode hilarious, but it's also really fun cinematically. So the story is basically the crew hits Vegas, right? and it's told in the style of John recounting what has happened to Pilot while he's hungover and still drinking because they only spent two days on the planet instead of ten. And you can tell that John's narrative is shown to be this, this disjointed mess by these flashing cuts to scenes in different parts of the episode interspersed with current time, showing how events that are part of the exposition actually play out, and then you have the music And the score that just kind of sets the tone for the entire episode. It's very fun.
0: Yeah, and there's so many visual punchlines in this episode. It's great. And like you said, the editing of this episode is really clever. Like a lot of times it'll have characters saying the same thing like several times. And so you can't really tell if that's like when somebody's telling a story and they're kind of like, Well, he said he, you know, he said, you know, he said, you know, and like they kind of repeat in different Mm -hmm. ways so that you're like really getting the feeling of how they felt or if it's just that because everybody was drugged and or (laughs) drunk at any given time (laughs) they're all really out of it
1: and john is literally sitting on pilot's den on his console with a drink in his hand crouched over it sipping it while he's telling the story
0: (laughs) it's hilarious it's really great and the cold open for this episode is the cold open is so great. Uh, let's just play it because it's fun.
2: Oh, yeah. They are going to write songs about how you guys tore this place up.
0: Great. Go away.
2: <laughs> I am away. I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Eat it. Has it occurred to you why Pilot banished you from where? Because you're both acting like a couple of image of a trench knots.
3: I can't believe you pissed him off. I didn't piss him off. You pissed him didn't off.
2: Do. Roll up. Or ignore each other, or kill each other, but just stop fighting all the time. I'm out of currency. Here. Mm-hmm. Playland for the rich, too classy for you. Effervescent spirits cost more than cheap press But you, you just keep on, honey, for that long-range cargo all of your dreams, cause it's better to throw up in your lap one day. When she passes out, I'll, I'll take it back to Moira. In the meantime, I'm. I suggest you guys do the same.
3: Say what you did. You did. It. You did. It. You. you, 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 yeah, right, you did.
1: <laughs> Gianna oh is having a blast because she's on vacation. They're in this bar. It's dancing, music everywhere. And John and Dargo are sitting with their drinks, arguing with each other. And I love Jewel coming up completely plastered and being like, just wait for the long cargo holler of your dreams that'll throw up in your lap eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jewel, honey, you're doing great.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Uh, And you can hear there some of the, you you can hear it, but I really suggest that if you haven't Watched this episode in a while, go back and watch it because the editing is amazing. When she's talking about Pilot, it clips to Pilot, and Pilot's face is just so angry. And then it's, you know, that like dinging sound is like John giving giving Jewel some money but then it like clips back and then he's like giving her more money and it's like it the episode just opens in a really fun way and because it's Farscape you can't really tell if something weird is going on like back and back and back to the future or if it's just that everybody is completely wasted mm-hmm. and it turns out it's the it's the latter
1: <laughs> yeah and one of the things I really like about the style of this episode it really does feel like that we're, we're in Vegas, we're going to do a heist of some sort, like Ocean's Eleven, right? Where they're like, okay, we're going to identify all the players that you need to know because there's like 15 bazillion of them and it does like a freeze frame on them and then explains who they are and then there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of watching them do their thing. And so I'm going to play John's introduction of Raxel, who is one of the main players that we get to know in this episode.
3: This alien is Raxel. There's one like her on every planet. And these girls? Well, we never did get their names.
2: Are you boys a couple?
3: (laughs) No. 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 No.
2: Can you handle some girls
1: looking to party? Party? Party?
2: I am a full-blooded Luxon. Ladies, I have so much cash in my pocket that I can assure you that the three of us will be out of here on our hands and knees come sunrise tomorrow morning.
1: <laughs> so Raxel has paid these two girls to go over and talk to John and Dargo. And you heard there the the voiceover of where he says, you know, we didn't get their names, this is Raxel, she's the one behind it all, and then that kind of repeated no, 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 when they ask if they're a couple. And and I love, there's another little bit of slapstick that, or visual comedy where Dargo's saying the three of us, meaning him and the two girls, and John holds up his forefingers trying to include himself in it. So there's all these little
0: fast little things that just come across that make it a lot of fun. So Raxel, I actually want to point this out, is actually played by Francesca Bueller, who is Ben Browder's wife, a fact which was brought to us by a friend of the podcast, Esker Karu. And she's actually played a few other characters on Farscape in the past. She played the bone-eating alien in Bone to be Wild. She also played the green servant alien in the Look at the Princess trilogy. And she plays a very different character here because she definitely is that kind of like slimy, you know, criminal character. And it's a lot of fun to watch her because she's very clever in this whole episode. So, She has had the girls roofie John and Dargo because John and Dargo wake up in a window and probably what is the most famous moment from this entire episode in an episode filled with famous moments. But this is the most famous because John is in like, you know, thigh high, thigh high tights. They're like fishnet stockings. Yeah, they're like fishnet stockings. Dargo is, like, in between his legs, and they are both in this, like, round window thing. And it's a really just, it's a hilarious moment. It's really good visual. It's a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) They wake up, and John is immediately like, "Uh, where's our money? Where's my gun? And gets all freaked out about missing his weapon, which has actually been on the transport pod this whole time because there's no weapons allowed (laughs) on Lomo, which is the planet. (laughs) And they're like, we got rolled, right? And Dog is like, Yep, we got rolled. And they're both hungover, and and then there's all these people outside the window laughing at them. And John doesn't realize he doesn't have pants on, and then he screams, and it's just oh, it's so great, it's so great,
0: <laughs> it's so good, it's
1: yeah. And they've lost track of Jewel and Shiana at this point, who are at the bar with them. <laughs> so the next morning. Or after the window scene, uh, we find them on the beach in a tent, and John is has a headache from hell because he's like Dargo, don't stop talking, stop making loud noises, and mm-hmm. that's where they, they meet Raxel for real, who comes up to them, and the two of them. I love this is what I love about John and Dargo, like even though they're always bickering at each other this season, they're still got this great partnership going on, because you know John waves at Raxel because she's kind of hesitant to come over. Dargo waves they kind of invite her over and without even talking to each other they just kind of automatically set it up so Dargo grabs her and John creates one of those infla- or pulls over one of those inflatable chairs for, his- for Dargo to slam her into so they can talk to her with air quotes because they really want to interrogate her and they're doing it in kind of like a it's kind of gangster you know because it's like they're they're not being nice about it. They're physically accosting her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really good because we get to finally see Raxel do some talking, and she's, you know, who she reminded me of a lot is in the Flax. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it? What's her stands? name? Stands. Stands. You know that kind of like fast talking, a little bit slimy, but you can't quite figure out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where she's definitely you get the feeling that she's trying to pull something over on them. They know she's trying to pull something over on them, but they can't quite figure out what it is yet. Yeah. You know, and as John points out, he's like, we don't have any money. You already took all of our money, you know? Yeah.
1: And so we'll play the the quote that has the conversation. It's kind of long. So I, was, I only did half of it, but she tells them that the two girls are in trouble. And at first they think that, that she means the blue and green chicks who rolled them. And, She's like, no, no, you're two friends.
3: Dargo, look. Chiana knows how to look after herself. We gotta find our money, and I'm pretty sure that this grommet is involved.
2: Wait, 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 wait. I've got something for you. i got a sort of recording of all that happened last night. I mean, you don't believe it. You can see it for yourselves, you know? It's talking crap.
3: We got rolled, and I don't think we you're need broke.
2: a. joke. you can't get robbed again. I mean, what do you think? You think I want your shoes?
3: I don't know what you want.
2: You're not very smart, are you? Now he, he's got a brain, but you, you're a bit of an idiot. Huh? 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 Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I'm bigger. Oh! Oh!
2: Oh! All right. right. Sorry. 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 All right. All right. Have you spoken to your females yet? I bet you haven't spoken to them yet. No, we haven't spoken to them because they might be sleeping. They could be. Oh yeah, princess. How do I know you haven't spoken to them yet? Huh? You don't know that, do you? No. Well, my point is. Will you just tell us? that's
3: Jules' car how you know it's melted around the edges from when she screams
2: now do you want to see what happened last night or not because I could just you know knock.
1: so that's Raxel. very fast talking definitely got another game going on and I just love how, how John and Dargo are like why are you even here talking to us <laughs>
0: So good and I love that way that she's like yeah, I just love everything about this because the punchline of of her being like you're not too bright, are you is that the episode starts with John and Dargo getting into this fight about how John thinks that the rest of them are idiots because Dargo is like you're just like the peacekeepers and John is like, I'm not. And he's like, (laughs) what if
1: I ever treated you that way? Yeah. And so they kind
0: of get in this fight where Dargo thinks that John thinks that the rest of them are stupid. And so Mm -hmm. it is just a really good payoff, you know, to kind of have this like this moment where Dargo's like, oh, hey, yeah, I am kind of smart.
1: It's good. (laughs) Yeah. One of the other notes that I like about it is when John says Chiana can take care of herself. Because I feel like that's such a long way from the overprotective big brother role he was playing in early season two with her. And now he's like, look, Chiana's fine. We need to get our money back. That's the real problem here. (laughs) And I just kind of love that confidence that he has in her.
0: And also, I love this when Dargo is like, well, maybe they're just uh," and then he flashes and he's imagining that like the two of them are like all grinding on each other and like maybe going a little bit like. Maybe having sex with each other or something later, and he's and then the funny thing is, is as an audience you're like oh, man that's such like a like a guy thing to think, but then the payoff is that later they actually are doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a memory of the club before. You can kind of hear those cuts with the music if you listen to it because they're having the conversation and then all of a sudden the music will kick up and that's when the 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 scene is flashing to the dance floor from the night night before when Jewel and Tiana. Are looking at each other and starting to have what turns out to be a dance off, and we'll get into that with our our next little bit. But before we leave, Raxel, I love that she's so slimy. I love that she's got this attitude towards her, towards them, and with her. And I don't know, she's just such a fun character to see on on the show because we don't get a lot of we get a lot of smarmy, but we don't always get like the fast talking
0: mm-hmm.
1: criminal element. You know, not in the same way.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and the more I think about it, Farscape really does tend to do this pretty well of like inverting our stereotypes. I mean, Farscape does often play into the stereotypes of like the femme fatale, you know, or like the, you know, hyper sexy villain, you know. But it also does enough of it also does enough of the other stuff that I'm really willing to forgive it a lot of times and I'm really willing to roll with it like for example you have here you have Raxel. you had Furlow from you know the blood runs clear episode you also have um you just have like a smattering of of like really interesting characters that just don't fit into that stereotype mm-hmm. you know yeah
1: yeah and it's a lot of fun to watch Raxel interact with John and Dargo, who, as you said, they know something's going on, but they don't know what yet, and they kind of have no choice but to go with it because she does indeed have Jules Calm and they need to figure out what's going on with the girls if they are in trouble. So Raxel takes them to Kaba, who is puppetry that is really well done. So he is an alien that kind of looks like a praying mantis. So he's gonna got like a really wide head that's narrow, he's got some tentacles on the back that have eye sockets to them or optic nerves or something, and he looks like he's an insect. You know, pretty big for an insect, but still an insect. And his ability is to have detachable eyes that still can record things, presumably record in his memory, he just has a really good memory. And then he can also show people stuff that's happened in in the past or have a live feed. And he's a porn- pornographer fitting <laughs> mm-hmm. into our Vegas theme. And when they get there, this is the promise that Raxel made. She's going to have him show them what happened at the club last night with Jewel and Shiana and how they got into trouble. Mm-hmm. And she first she tries to make them pay for the service. And they're like, you took all our money or we don't have any money left. So then she <laughs> pays for it with their money. And they're like, and John's like, where would you get that? And Roxel says, you can't prove it's yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just other thing I want to point out here is I love episodes that kind of imply there's something larger going on there's like a backstory that everybody has and so she calls him like Mr. Kaba you know and it like it definitely fits into like this kind of slimy Vegasy theme but then also just that like he's like I'm not getting involved with you you're awful and then like <laughs> there's just like this whole backstory that's just fabulous of like mm-hmm. you know everybody seems to know each other and then poor John and Dargo. Are thrust into this situation that they don't understand, and they're kind of forced to like trust Raxel even though they both don't want to mhm, yeah, yeah, and the other thing I want to point out before we listen to this is in that flashback, it was really clever because they did the freeze on Raxel, so he's was Raxel, and then they also did a freeze on another guy, and it's like this is fator he's the bad. he's the bad guy, you can tell because he's dressed in black, you know like. <laughs> And then,
1: and then he introduces his uh, his henchman as, as another bad guy, the one with Fator.
0: I know. <laughs> There's like, no name. No name. And it's so great because later on, he flashes to like this woman, and he's like, "This is like Fator's sister, I think."
1: <laughs> but we actually never get com- confirmation that that is the case. She's just worked with him. Yeah. So, so it's... could be a sister. Might not be a sister,
0: right? And it's so good because like this whole thing is very much in in a very different way from the ugly truth but also in kind of the same vein of like you're get this time you're exclusively getting it from John's point of view but at the same time you're like you still get that feeling that this is a story John is telling which actually really makes me want to like sit down and listen to John tell a story do you know what I mean
1: <laughs> yeah cuz you get these little moments of Seeing scenes that we haven't seen yet, but that we will see in the episode that are interspersed right now with the present part of it. And so one of those scenes was, as we just mentioned, Shiana and Jewel dancing with each other at the club and now we actually see that scene playing out with the club. Now I didn't pull this one because there's not a lot of talking during it so it would just Mm -hmm. be music but what happens is yeah Jewel and Shiana are definitely dancing with each other but it's not really grinding on each other the way Dargo might want them to in his fantasies. It's more like hey I'm a better dancer than you. Oh really? You're going to be a better dancer than me? And so it's kind of this like escalating (laughs) dance off that goes from them dancing to Jewel doing handsprings down the length of the bar and then Shiana pulling out the fire torches or, you know, fire on the ends of strings and pulling a guy from the audience to stand in front of her while she does this routine with that, which is apparently a real skill of, of uh,
0: Gigi Edgley. Edgley's.
1: Yeah. Um, she's the one who suggested doing that because she could do it. And so it's just like this this massive dance off with the whole club, watching the two of them go after each other with their their skills on the floor. And it's, it's kind of, it goes back to that kind of, this is a wild episode. And it's, you know, that drunk party night in Vegas. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen next?
0: Well, and so the other thing is, John and Dargo have been assuming that Raxel stole all of their money. But then I think Chiana also had a lot of it. Because, like, when they mm-hmm. leave the table with these girls, I don't imagine that Chiana was like, oh, let me leave the money on the table. Because she later is Penny. So, like, it's kind of unclear, actually. We know that Raxel has some of their money. But also we're not clear if, like, mm-hmm. Chiana might also have some.
1: Well, it may be that Jewel got cut off because yeah. she was plastered. So,
0: <laughs> I know. Jewel is so good. <laughs> we'll drunk. go with that. So... At this point in the memory, John and Dargo have been taken elsewhere by their night companions. And Chiana is at the bar and she's relatively sober. Like, I think of the four of them, she's the one that actually has her head on straight, which whether we can attribute to the fact that Chiana just can handle her liquor better than anybody else or whether she's actually been actively not trying to be, like super wasted you know yeah
1: i mean that you can make the argument either way i think in john and dargo's defense they were roofied (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah she's she's in pretty good control she knows who she wants to hit on she knows who she doesn't want to hit on and she ends up talking to fator who is our bad guy dressed in black as john tells us at the bar and he ends up giving her a whiff of this drug called Freslin. And as soon as she smells it, you know, the change comes over her. You can tell it's really affecting her. And she turns around in his arms and he says, What do you want? You know, do you want more of that? And she's like, Yeah. And basically, once she's had this drug, she and Jewel also, by I don't know if we actually see it on screen or not, but Jewel comes with them and they go off together. And mm-hmm. so that's basically what we get out of this memory is that Fator now has Jewel and Shiana at his house as guests.
0: Mm-hmm. And as soon as that happens, Mr. Kaba freaks out and he kicks them out of the memory. And he tells Raxel, he's like, you didn't pay me enough to cross Fator. You know, which is when we learn that like Fator, super evil.
1: Yep. And that's where we cut to what Fator is actually doing. And this is kind of the creepy part of the episode, Because the drug Freslin actually comes from people, and it seems to mostly be coming from, we see female people for the most part, but there is a male in there as well, in the mix. But he takes people and he milks them, and it's like sticking all these tubes into their bodies on this huge apparatus in his compound, and sucking this this special juice out of them.
0: Farscape! And... (laughs) Well, I love it's lampshaded later because, okay, because later when Jewel is getting sucked, Pilot goes, if that much liquid was actually being removed from her, she would be dead. And John's like, come on, man, I'm just telling a story. (laughs) Well, that's
1: the great thing about this episode. So, yeah, so they're being milked until they die, basically, these people, because he is evil and wants to make lots of money off of this drug, which sells like hotcakes. So, after having seen this memory, Dargo says, I'm just going to go knock on the door. And John doesn't go with him. So, Dargo goes by himself. And this is one of those very interesting cinematography things because we get the story as John, after it happens. So, John is lying at that beach house or this little tent on the beach where they met Raxel. And Dargo comes back. And you get this interspersed conversation of Dargo saying, Yeah, I went and saw how they were. They were fine interspersed with him actually going to the house and punching Mm -hmm. out the guard and causing a scene. And it's just this really wonderful interplay of the understated, I'm going to tell you what makes me look good. And then you get to see what actually happened, which doesn't make Dargo look so good because he's like barging in and going after to see how Jewel and Shiana are. And they're at this point fine.
0: Yeah, but I mean, in Dargo's defense, they are not fine also because they're both... I mean, and I think what Dargo picks up on that makes him look overprotective from a distance, but I don't actually... I'm I'm team Dargo on this one. Chiana is blizzed out of her mind. And also, she's super clearly been, like, roofied. Mm. But, like, not roofied in the sense of, like, oh, she just is forgetting, which is what, you know, forgetting and out of control of her own body. This is, like, the drug has turned her into wanting Fator, somebody who she didn't when she was not on the drug. So, like... I don't know. I'm kind of Team Dargo here. Yeah, and I I don't
1: disagree with you. And I think that's a really good point because they have been drugged. I guess I was my main point was that there's this contrast between how he's telling it to John and then there's how it actually plays out from what we see as an audience. So yeah, no, you bringing that up that's a really good point to to keep in mind that Dargo should be concerned for them.
0: Yeah. And actually, the only reason he doesn't physically drag them both out of there, jewel naked, because she's currently in <laughs> some sort of, like, milk bath. Yeah. And, like, is that Fator's guys have guns. And they're all dressed in, like, weird bondage gear <laughs> where they're, like... It's, like, an almost an early version of Scorpius's costume, because it's, like, they're all dressed in black with, like, this face mask on, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. very Pulp Fiction. <laughs>
1: it is it is i kind of like the look though i don't know yeah it's just it's fun but yeah so they pull weapons on him so he can't get them out and he goes back to the beach where john and Raxel are and he's mad at Raxel because he feels like she's been jerking them around which she has and i think it's at this point that she ends up macing him with some of the freslin and basically (laughs) causing dargo to to be super horny for anything that moves right
0: yeah, he like chases anything that moves. And it's not even clear if like he's actually trying to like get with them or if he's just distracted by shiny objects. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly.
1: So, because Dargo has been maced with this drug, the three of them end up going back to the club. And this is where we get to really one of the places where we get to see the framing device with John and Pilot. There was one earlier that we didn't pull, but I'm going to play this one. So the what you see on screen is People dancing, and Dargo coming into frame. And then it cuts away.
0: Hey, stop, stop, stop!
3: This makes no sense. You make no sense.
1: Why? Well, what does not make sense?
3: She nailed him with love potion number nine. It
2: made him
3: dance? Well, it's a way to meet girls. Just listen to this, all right? This is important. This is about the deal. It's about Freslin, the almost dirty little secret.
2: I suspect the dirty little secret is you spend all your currency on pleasure, and now you-
3: Hey, you know what? It's a weird universe out there, man. You don't know that because you're spending all your time indoors. Just let me finish my story.
0: Oh, man.
1: So you can kind of hear from that, the music at the beginning where they're at the bar, and then pilot breaking through that to say stop 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 i don't believe you and then the interlude where john and pilot are arguing over the veracity of john's tale and then john getting back to the story the music picks up again and they're back at the dance floor i don't know i just love that and i love how pilot is just like that makes no sense because i really sympathize with pilot here because on this podcast the two of us have said several times it makes no sense farscape magic (laughs) Mm-hmm. This kind of feels like Pilot has become the audience and we finally get a little acknowledgement
0: that some of the stories that they tell are really wild. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of in- unfair of John, too, to be like, you should get out more. You're always stuck inside. <laughs> like it's Pilot's fault that he can't leave Moya. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And that's one of the things that I love about this episode is because because it's framed as John telling the story to pilot, we get these hilarious voiceovers We get to have this feeling like we're listening to John tell the story. It's really clever because John himself here is really funny. And especially this John. This is not like the intense wormhole searching John. This is the still kind of drunk trying to explain to your roommate what happened last night, John.
1: Yeah. why you're back early from vacation and you crashed the car and lost people. And (laughs) yes, you should really let me come home now.
0: (laughs) It's so good. So, yeah, you get that that neat framing and you can also hear pilot in this because pilot's whole opinion of this entire story is no go away. I told you <laughs> 10 days. It's been 2 days. <laughs> Why are you, don't you still get here? Get off the ship. I will murder you myself.
1: <laughs> so, while Dargo is dancing, Raxel and John are talking and they're trying to figure out how they were going to get Jewel and Chiana away from Fatal. And it kind of comes about that there's going to be this auction to auction off the, the people who are used to develop the Fresnel drug. And so that's kind of going to be their entry point. That's how they're going to get Chiana and Jewel back is by buying them at this auction.
0: So we go back to Mr. Kaba's place, which is where they're all kind of like central now, because I guess Mr. Kaba is kind of of the same level as Fator in terms of nobody really messes with them. So this is like a safe place for them to like plan it out, even though he wants nothing to do with any of this. And Raxel explains what the drug is to John that she sprayed Darga with. And then she explains that it's an attractant. And when she's explaining that, we get a flashback to Jewel and Chiana being re-drugged. Like they both kind of wake up a little bit and they're like, what's going on? And then Fator re-drugs them, so they're back into like uh, in their happy place offering him sex. And then John goes and gets an invite to the auction by talking to Fator's other guy that was with Fator. The the bad guy with Fator. (laughs) (laughs) Still so funny. He's like, this guy, I didn't get his name, but he was with Fator. (laughs) So they all go back to Mr. Kabaz because John wants a look inside Fatoris compound because he wants to know what he's getting into
1: because if they're going to be doing a heist they need to case the joint right and so they go into the auction house in Mr. Kaba's uh, memory banks basically and get the virtual tour of it or even if a live you know live feed of it it's unclear whether it's a memory or if it's actually under surveillance at the moment but they go in and this is actually one of the more creative things I thought that they did with the episode mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna play it and then we can talk about it.
3: Not bad. All it needs is a big screen TV. Cardago!
1: No, it, it's okay. That's, um.
3: That's Harvey. It's not Scorpio. He's a puka. He's. He's not real.
2: But thanks to our unique shed consciousness in this situation, we finally get to meet Cardago. Give me five. Go no away. I've had
3: some weird conversations in my head before, but this is a little. Yeah, I know. Hey, look, Harvey just shows up every now and then to give me bad
2: advice. And my suggestion to you both is to forget this folly. But since I know you won't, circuit breakers to the entire subterranean level. Darkness, a maybe of assistance to you. You know what? I think that's not a bad idea.
3: And the milking room you seek?
2: Ah, down the
3: hallway. Kabah! Show us the milking room. Raxel, what is that thing?
2: That's where they drain the bodies to make the fresling.
3: Pleasure planet, my mevox. We better count the steps in here one, two, two three, four, five, five six, seven, seven eight, eight, nine, <sighs> ten. Ten steps. Uh, eight steps. Ten. Eight small legs, human.
0: <laughs> oh man!
1: <laughs> so yeah, Dargo gets to meet Harvey inside John's head. I love that. You know that mm-hmm. that they're in this land of like weird headspace, shared mind meld thing with Kaba, and and Harvey gets to go show up. It's great. Mm-hmm.
0: And then this was actually what was kind of unclear to me because I was like does Harvey know this because Scorpius at some time came to visit or is he just like that able to like look at anywhere and predict what the architecture is going to look like?
1: I think because Harvey works subconsciously in John's mind, like he can take input from John, his eyes looking over the walls and seeing where things are that he can take that information and analyze it himself. Hmm. In some way, I don't know how he knows where the milking room is, but at least the the light generator or the the fuse box for turning out Mm -hmm. all the lights, that I think he he could just recognize somewhat standard architecture from that.
0: Yeah. So it is just really clever because we've had all of these characters saying repeatedly that they think that John is still talking to Scorpius, but this is the first time that somebody's actually seen what John sees. Mm -hmm. And... You can tell here that Dargo is kind of in the same place he was in Losing Time, where he's like, okay, whatever, weird, but whatever, moving on.
1: Yeah. I like Harvey here, though, because it's very clearly Harvey. Like, he's using Earth mannerisms. He comes up, he wants to have a high five from Dargo. And he's, you know, the way he talks, the way he moves, it's all very reminiscent of him having absorbed John's culture. Mm -hmm. and. The other thing I like about his presence is John says he shows up to give me bad advice. But then mm-hmm. he gives them good advice. And Dargo's like, that's a great idea. That's wonderful. <laughs> and that's the thing about Harvey, though, right? We saw in different destinations. And when he pops up, he's there because John, quote unquote, calls him or his subconscious calls him. And he does often give good information. He is, mm-hmm. not, he is not an agent of chaos the way the Scorpius mindship was in season two right? Mm -hmm. He is tied to John Crichton now.
0: Yeah, John goes down, he goes down. So after having done their recon, John goes back to the ship to get their weapons and to get supplies that they need. And Dargo is there with Raxel, and she's going to transform him because Dargo is recognizable. So she's going to give him a different face so that he won't be recognizable. But while they're having that conversation, she slips up, and she mentions that she had actually planned it, that it was not a mistake that Chiana and Jewel got taken. And so he ends up realizing that she's not just helping them out of some weird goodness of her heart, which none of them really believed, but that she'd planned it. So he, and when John shows up, John gets involved. They figure out that Raxel is actually involved because Fator has her lover. From the
3: transport pod, two pulse pistols, a pair of night vision goggles, 200,000 in tiles, so we can buy any President, we want, uh, what did I miss? Two
2: guns? You bought just two guns? This little rodent
3: has been lying to us. She said that she planned all this. Two
2: guns? I mean, I thought you were the great Crichton and Dargo. I mean, you blew up a shadow depository. I mean, I thought you'd bring for charges, and a plasma bomb and a really big gunship. But now, you bring nothing. You bring two little weapons that wouldn't kill a Nick! You have heard of us. Yeah, I've heard stories, but obviously they are worth a bucket of dread <laughs> And
1: uh-huh. the looks on John and Dargo's face as she's giving them the litany of their reputation and you can hear interspersed these little clips of you know them slapping high five and the shadow depository and even the little Driznet or whatever that is that we I don't think we've ever seen that one before. It just pops up. <laughs> And it's just like, they're like, you thought we did what now? And of course they have done these things, but you know, it's not like they went out and, and were like gangsters or, or I don't know, Jesse James going out to rob banks and do all this stuff on purpose. You know, mm-hmm.
0: it's hilarious because this is the second time this season that their reputation has landed them in like loads of trouble. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of sons and lovers and also, oh, actually, this is like the third or fourth time this season, their reputation because sons and lovers and then also when they're on the planet. Um, uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting because from Raxel's point of view, she's doing something really smart. She's getting these like badass, fierce warriors. And she's like, ooh, I'm going to get them to do my dirty work. And what she gets instead is the John and Dargo that we know and love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, poor Raxel. But in her defense, her calculation was not that wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. So because they do end up getting the job done. But before we kind of jump ahead too far. So after that, or around that time, I can't remember exactly interspersed. But so she mentioned she changes Dargo's appearance with some more Fresnel. And this time... Uh, I think they're they're casing the joint enjoyed... Freslin, Freslin. Sorry. So they have a uh, Mr. Kaba calls him back because there's a live feed live feed now to the milking room where Jewel is now hooked up, and you know she is now being milked for the for the drug. And when he comes out of it, <clears throat> there's this really strange tall creature next to him that has like black hair and weird things, and it turns out it was Dargo that. has had an aura (laughs) transformation so he puts out pheromones that make everybody think he looks different than how he does and here's pilot's reaction to that when he hears it from john telling the story
2: no
3: more enough even i am not so gullible as to believe that dargo turns into another creature i do not appreciate the lies you tell in order to circumvent whoa hold up how long have we known each other? Approximately two and a half long cycles. I ever lie to you? Huh? huh? Dargo looked totally different. Look at myself in the mirror, I... Oh. And why does he not look that way now? Metabolism. Look, man, let me can I please tell the story the way I want to tell it?
0: <laughs> I'm dying. Metabolism. <laughs> and I love how I love how Pilot's like even I am not that gullible because I think that Pilot kind of sees himself as a pushover and he is mm-hmm. in like so many ways. Pilot's definitely like the most mellow person on the crew. But at the same time, Pilot's just like disdain. He's like so mad. He's like, <laughs> even I'm not that much of an idiot, John. It's like the kid who's been like, who everybody keeps telling lies to. And then he like finally figures out what's going on. And so now he doesn't believe anything.
1: Yeah. You've created a skeptic. Yeah. I just love Pilot's reaction. He's just like so fed up. And, you know, this interrupt, she's like, that makes no sense. I don't believe
0: you. <laughs> Well, and also I want to point this out. John is like, John's story definitely has embellishments. Like, I I don't a hundred percent believe that this is uh, the complete truth of how it went down. I think that like anything, it's you know you add things or like things that were really important to you become more emphasized in the story than they actually were in real life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like but thinking about how they emphasize different things and the ugly truth. Same yeah, sort exactly. Of thing going on, except we only have John's view.
0: But at the same time, I really want to point out that John's offense here, he's so mad at, this, at being called a liar. And I think it's because so much of John's life has been, like, him not being able to trust his own senses and stuff like that, that he's, like, really gripping toward to this, like, one truth of, like, I'm a good guy. I don't lie to my friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kinda like that he he points that out to Pilot, though <laughs> Pilot's response of two and a half very long cycles <laughs> is just priceless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pilot just kills in this episode. Every single cut to him had me like rolling on the floor. <laughs> I was dying. <sighs> me too. It's so good. Yeah, but so anyway, I just wanted to point that out about John and truth. And I think that that's something we're kind of going to have to play with as we go forward. So meanwhile, Dargo now looks like this crazy creature. They all go into the auction and John is like playing the, you know, like Texas oil, man. (laughs) I got plenty of money, you know, like I'm
1: going to buy that heifer. Yeah, a lot of his language is pretty offensive, but he is playing a role with it because he is trying to buy Gianna and Jewel back.
0: Yeah, so they go through the auction, and John wins, but Dargo, the, like... Doesn't Freslin, win, though. Oh, yeah, but... <laughs> he gets outbid okay. at the last minute. Yeah, he gets outbid at the last minute, but either way, he's really playing it up, and he's like, well, cut that heifer down, I want to see her up close, <laughs> and so he, like, goes, and he's, like, touching Chiana, and Dargo is not having any of it, <laughs> and, like, Dargo's really, really upset, and... Raxo keeps telling him, like, hey, chill out. Because the more you, like, the higher your metabolism gets, like, the more your, you know, the Freslin's going to wear off. And Dargo kind of understands that he's not being, like, entirely sane. But he's, like... can't help it. Yeah, he can't help it. He's, like, so mad at, like, John touching his (laughs) ex-girlfriend.
1: Yeah. So, Dargo does not calm down enough and he does indeed revert back to presenting his aura as who he actually is he gets recognized john has managed to get gianna unhooked from the from where she was hooked up before but she is in the arms of the person who actually did win the auction and then massive firefight breaks out and mm-hmm. john shoots the lights out so uh he has the night vision goggles, so he's able to shoot people in his chaos and and everything. Jewel is still in the milking room, so that's where they're going to go next. And the, so Raxel and Dargo go after Jewel. And remember that little bit from uh, a while ago in the clip where they're like eight steps, ten steps. No, it's eight steps. You have short legs, human. So they're, Dargo and Raxel walk down the hall, and he goes eight steps, and then he runs into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and Raxel's like it's two more steps. It's pretty funny.
0: It's but so good.
1: They end up getting in there. Fator's sister, or whomever that woman actually is, is in there and has a gun and tries to tell Dargo to back off. Dargo gives her the giant tongue of unconsciousness and is able to rescue Jewel.
0: Meanwhile, Raxel's lover has been killed, and she's like really upset. But by the time John and Chiana get there. <laughs> She is not as upset anymore, so let's play that.
2: Like so. This is my honey! The brain of the machine! My design! He stole it, sold it! Fido didn't even know it's mine! Where's the full channel? How's your neck?
3: It's fine, I don't mind sticking it out for you.
2: You don't want these broken. You okay? Yeah. Good.
3: Okay. Where?
1: And that sound at the end was John getting punched in the eye. That had had the night vision goggles on it, and the resulting trauma to his neck. Or mm-hmm. later, we find it's, F- it's Fator, and Fator tries to strangle him. So, yeah, <clears throat> Gianna had a little prescient moment right there where she, she knew something was going to happen before it did.
0: And then Chiana gets her revenge because she overdoses Fator with the Freslin. And so he essentially is like, no, no, stop. But then it's too much and he dies. Mm -hmm. And um, and she's like, well, it's a bummer that he has to die happy. (laughs) And so this episode in a lot of ways reminds me of the discomfort I had of some of the elements of Crackers Don't Matter. Because Crackers Don't Matter is hilarious. And it's an amazing episode. And I love it. But there's like definitely some stuff in there that's kind of grody. And this kind of is the same thing where I'm like, this episode is the funniest we've seen this season by like a long shot. And yet there's kind of this like weird implication that like Jewel and Chiana have spent the past two days being like date raped. So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And they're the... They're damsels in distress that need rescuing and and all of that. Yeah, that's definitely the most uncomfortable part of it. And also the sexualized nature of how they're being milked. Like you have these lines coming out of their of their shirts and their bras and their underpants and all this stuff. And it's, it's it very much feels like they are being raped or some manner of it. Or the, the imagery suggests that as a way to interpret what's going on with them. And they're, you know, medical trauma happening to them with the sucking out of the liquids and stuff. And also mm-hmm. milking is such a, yeah. a negative term for that term for that. And they're called animals. So, yeah, and that's they're very much objectified and and uh, it's not comfortable.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it is it like for all of the fact that I love this episode, there's just enough there that I'm kind of like, is yeah. this the best way they could have? Is there a way that they could have done this? that was equally as funny without as much like well, Chiana. And I mean, well actually the, and then this is, this is in the episodes favor, the scenes where Chiana and Jewel are getting, you know, like getting drugged. And then again, like kind of the implication is that once you're on this drug, you're like horny for anything that moves, which is kind of non-consensual, but that part is never played for laughs. Mm -hmm. It's just like everything else.
1: Yeah. Like that's true. Like that part, is always treated seriously we get to see the horror on Jules' face and it's really to show off or it really does show off the the evilness of fator right and show mm-hmm. that he is a bad guy worthy of being stopped and they need to rescue Jules and Shiana.
0: yeah so yeah i think that that's probably my only stopping point for this this episode is that i'm kind of like as funny as it is and as clever as it is i think this is honestly the funniest cleverest episode this season Mm -hmm. but still
1: (laughs) yeah well you know no show is perfect right yeah so after all this uh we cut back to john and pilot and john's like there's my story so see this is why we had to come back early and stay on moya and pilot's like, no. <laughs> it, true or not, you are still gonna leave for another eight days. I found another planet for you. It's industrial, it accepts visitors, and you and Dargo are going to be visitors.
0: <laughs> so funny. I love how the implication is that like John and Dargo got kicked out of Vegas. So now they have to go to like a courtyard marriott in some <laughs> like industrial business park.
1: <laughs> yeah and so John leaves is like fine fine we know we're stuck he's finished his drink he goes back to the door of Pilot's Den where Dargo is waiting and Dargo's like he didn't believe you he's like no you want to try <laughs> and then they start arguing again because that's and what like, they do
0: I just love he John's like you want to try and Dargo takes like one look at Pilot, who's like literally looking at them like if you come any closer you will find out how strong my arms are <laughs> And Dargo
1: takes one look at Pilot and shakes his head, and no. So that's where oh, it ends, oh, yeah. with the two of them getting kicked off again.
0: Uh, This is such a good episode. What this would you give it? fun.
1: I'd give it a four. I think it's a lot of fun. It made me laugh a lot. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just a really good, fun episode. I really love the cinematography and the storytelling. I think that's really what makes it.
0: yeah. The editing and the cinematography is fabulous. I would agree. I I might even go as far as a 4.5. But I think that the only thing that kind of keeps it at a 4 for me is that I'm like, there's just enough discomfort I have with like the whole setup of like. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Yeah. In Wardrobe Watch, like we said, we have John in tights. Mm -hmm. And, like, I I couldn't tell if they were, like, supposed to be his underwear or if it was just, like, like, because it kind of looked like a mini, like, mini shorts.
1: (laughs) Well, I think the mini shorts are his underwear. And then the tights he just wore for whatever reason when he was with Dargo in the window afterwards. So who knows what happened between the two of them right there, huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So next week, what do we have?
1: We have Infinite Possibilities Part 1. Dataless demands and it takes us back to talon and the crew
0: over there Ooh, mm-hmm. all right part
1: one of a two-parter
0: yeah come prepared folks so we are farscape friday podcast at gmail tumblr and dreamwith we are farscape friday on twitter hit us up there let us know what you think of the episode
1: and we will see you next time bye bye we received fan mail this week from ez from manchester longtime listener first time caller hey ez unfortunately we received your letter after we'd already recorded the episode so we didn't discuss a lot of your points uh but we are always happy to hear from our listeners here's her letter hey taz and k does ben browder hate his wife she gets hit a lot mind you she does get off scot-free with assisted rape murder I had forgotten how much I loved Gigi Edgley fire twirling and the drunk stoned Moyans in general and Ben Broder's legs, his lovely, lovely legs. Did this episode predate Pan's Labyrinth? Because the video monster was very Guillermo del Toro-esque. So many thoughts. Also love that Pilot was still nope or dumping your irritating asses on another planet. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Well Ez, we are so glad to hear from you. Um, I'm pretty sure that Ben Browder doesn't hate his wife. <laughs> and in fact, I think they had a lot of fun it looks like playing against each other during this episode. And yes, he has very lovely legs in that window scene. Gigi Edgley's fire twirling is actually really cool. So, I'm glad you gave a little shout out to that because that is another one of the highlights of the episode for me. It's just getting to see the actors show off other skills that they have and really get to get to see them in their element. So this episode aired in the summer of 2001, so it does predate Pan's Labyrinth, which aired in 2006. I really like that you point out that the video monster really embodies a lot of the best of monsters. That's one of the the best things about Farscape, you know, it's like... they use puppets, they use the physical props to really give life to the aliens that they have, even a one-off character like Mr. Kaba. And so it's it's just really cool to see that rendered on screen. And in watching it now in 2017, you really, really see how well it holds up over time just because they use the puppetry instead of CGI. Pilot is also love. I think we said that during the episode a couple times because he is just so done with them and it is fabulous. So we are so glad you enjoyed this episode. It's one of my favorites. It's one of Kay's favorites. Um, we love hearing fan mail. So thank you, Ez, for writing to us. Anyone else who would like to share thoughts on this episode or any other episode, we are Farscape Friday Podcast at gmail.com and on Tumblr and Dreamwidth, And we are at Farscape Friday on Twitter.